Welcome to the Bourbon Boys. This week I am by myself. I have some samples. <clears throat> I was sent some samples from Mr. Thomas and uh, a, a buddy in uh, Project CNS. One is a mystery sample and the other is O'Forster 150th batch six, I believe he said. And then I have a bottle that was sent to me cost plus shipping of the prideful goat, the first release from, uh, uh, say, say whiskey or say something, say what whiskey. I can't remember the name of the group. So I'm here. Anyway, group into, Oh, say someone say whiskey and the, uh, Bourbon Real Talk and Whiskey Pete, which is Chris from uh, his podcast. So anyway, that's a 15-year-old NDP. They don't really uh, disclose where it's from, unfortunately. Uh, I'll get more into details when I get to that. But uh, sort of was going to start off talking a little bit about the smoke wagon situation. It's probably a couple weeks old. But I had John on last week, so I didn't really get into that with him. Uh, I should have recorded one that week, but a big hullabaloo in the bourbon world this past couple weeks was Aaron from Smoke Wagon uh, giving away the limited release bottles and specifically saying, whoever got them, don't sell them. That's the only thing I ask. He gave them away for free and uh, don't sell the bottles. So, of course, somebody did sell a bottle, and Aaron saw it and put him on blast on his social medias, uh, <clears throat> basically Instagram, and shared a screenshot that included the group's name and the person's name. So, that went around all the bourbon groups. Bourbon groups, uh, eventually, it was it was kind of convoluted. They said that the bourbon groups got shut down. Turns out it didn't actually get shut down. There's some uh, differing opinions on if Aaron really wanted to get it shut down or it was just an accident. Knowing Aaron, have him on the podcast, knowing him vaguely, I'd say he probably didn't intend on that happening because he's been around the bourbon pages for a while and has never had a problem with them. But nonetheless, it happened and uh, Smoke Wagon got banned from a lot of pages because of it. And personally, I don't believe that's uh, what he did was stupid. He shouldn't have done that. It was a knee jerk reaction. And I think he's probably sorry that he did. doesn't really matter. His business won't be affected really by it anyway. So it doesn't make that much difference to his bottom line, but socially and a lot of the people backlash he got from a lot of the groups probably didn't make it really worth it for him. Um, but I think banning the, the bottles on the secondary pages was kind of silly personally, just because, I mean, yes, he made a silly mistake and he shouldn't have put the group's name out there. But on the same hand, the dude did exactly what he asked him not to do, which was sell the bottle. So in the end of the day, what really should have happened is Aaron should have said, sent the group admins a message and they should have taken it down. Uh, if they didn't, then maybe he takes the next step further. But 
the the ones that took his that that outlawed his bottles were doing it because they were saying he was narking and and they didn't want to get their I just think it's stupid. Bourbon groups are like a knitting circle. Once something gets started, it just keeps going around. Anyway, that's my one little bit of news, even though it's a little late now. But if anybody cares about what my opinion is, and since it's MGP, some probably, some people probably do. So what we're going to do, since I don't really know proofs or... uh ages or anything of these bottles that I was sent. Let me see if David sent me anything. Okay. So one of these is a rye and the other one's the old Forrester uh, 150th. Batch three. Okay. So the brown bottle is the old Forester. So what we'll do is we'll do this first one, which is a rye. And I'll have to find out exactly what it is. I think it's some sort of barrel pick they're doing. Sorry, kind of some dead air while I text him and see if I can figure out what it is. All right, so let's get after this. Man, we've been having some snow up here in Wisconsin. I think we got like two feet out there in some parts right now. Leaving my driveway so close to, we live in a duplex next to another duplex. It's turned into a single family home. And uh, they're pretty close together. Just the driveway, pretty much the driveway separates them with a little bit of grass on each side. It's like driving into an ice castle every morning or out of an ice castle in the morning, back into it in the evening. Turn this up a little bit. I don't know why this is not, my mic is not quite picking it up too well right now. Oh, well. We'll get it figured out. Nose. You could definitely tell this is a rye from the nose. It's it tastes a lot like a driftless glen pick. It smells. A little bit of woody pininess. Not a ton of oak. I wouldn't say there's a ton of age on this. It's very reminiscent of a Driftless Glen pick, too. Black licorice, anise. On the end, there's a little bit of a lingering hug, a little lingering dryness, too. Almost like a wine finish, but it's not wine finished, I wouldn't think. Maybe a double oaked. That's got a lot of dryness. Which makes me think it is older, although the nose would suggest younger wood. It's very bright and piney. 
Mm. Interesting. He said it's a Mayor Pingree five year, five month. That is not what you come to expect from MGP Rye, which I assume is that is what that is. That's wild if that's MGP. It tastes like no MGP I've ever had. Definitely tastes like a five-year-old, though. I mean, not in a bad way. A rye doesn't really need that much age to really <clears throat> make it good. Okay, the second one is... I'm going to do this one in the middle because I know what it is, and it's one of the the uh, more allocated Old Forester 150th. Yep, that's five-year MGP. That's that's crazy. Okay. I'm trying to figure out what the stats on this. I'm trying to figure out what the stats on this old on the old Forcher one fiftieth is. Three unique batches. <clears throat> Non-age dated. Mash bill 72% corn, 18% rye, 10% malted barley. MSRP 150 bucks. Batch proof 126.8. All right. I really wish they'd give you a uh, age on these. All right. <clears throat> trying to text and do a podcast at the same time. Doesn't really work out too well for you all. I'm going to have to do a little editing on this, even though my laptop is about to die because my wife didn't notice it wasn't charging earlier. Freaking charging cable. The nose, man. Classic brown form bananas. Oak. Got some heat to it. Oh, man. It's got a nice nose, man. I could just sit with that nose. Nice palette too. Very sweet. Subtle for 128 proof, man. It doesn't have a whole lot of heat to it. A little bit of banana, caramel, vanilla, so your standard bourbon notes, really. Just really nice, delicate. Not going to knock your socks off, but at the same time, it's really good. Yeah, that's a nice. I mean, I don't know if I'd pay 150 bucks for it, and then even more than that on secondary, but. It's one of the best old Forrester products I've had. There's even a little cherry on it, too. I'm getting on the second taste. All right. 
Now this last one. was sent to me by Thomas Christensen and we recently had a huge debate. He is now used to be a huge MVP. I'm sure he still loves MVP, but he went on a pick with uh, Tariq from Elixir. <clears throat> I guess they picked, I would assume a blue note because now he's all over the uh, dickle. Uh, I assumed he would take this opportunity to send me a dickle sample in a mystery bottle. He did not. This is actually an elixir. I believe it's elixir. He didn't really say backbone pick, or maybe it's his uh, small group legends backbone pick. Nonetheless, MGP. Make sure you take the opportunity to go check out the LFG Barrel Hunters uh, on YouTube. Like, subscribe, comment on the newest episode from Bourbon 30. Man, it was a blast. We had fun. Crazy day. People asked me, I, somebody asked me a couple weeks ago, how did I get mixed up with LFG? Um, I mean, it's pretty simple. I've, <clears throat> I knew Ryan for a while before he even really started the LFG thing and, and all the other offshoots of that. And, uh, took him on or he came on his first barrel pick with us uh with mythical at driffles Glen, and uh, we've had our differences um still can i mean we continue to view things differently but i've uh sort of opened myself up to try to just let it be what it is and you know the market is going where it is as much as i hate it and i hate the wax and i hate the tatering and all that jazz but it's going that way and there's nothing i can do about it so instead of banging my head against the wall, I'm just going to let it roll, have fun. And I got asked to do the show. I thought it sounded like fun. It's been a blast. I've enjoyed almost every minute of it. It did get quite frustrating at Bourbon 30 with all the, the drunkards around uh, causing trouble and not getting anything done. That, that frustrates me in life as well in, as well as in uh and things like that. I just don't like disorganization. Not that the whole situation was disorganized, but once you start getting drunk, man, people just don't want to listen to anything. So that's uh, the long and short, the <laughs> long story to a short answer is I've known Ryan for a long time and uh, they wanted to bring somebody in that had a good palate, man. Why not? You know, why not bring in the ringer? All right, here we go. Backbone. I don't know the proof or anything on this. Or the age. He didn't tell me that. He just told me what it was. Hmm. Nose has got some barrel influence. Almost a little tannic. <clears throat> I'm not getting much other than that, really, at this point. Little tannins. Palette's nice, but it tastes like. If I had to guess, I'd say it's probably like an eight or nine, but it could be a little younger, could be a little older, I don't know. But it's got a nice, mature taste to it, mature MVP taste. 
nothing really jumps out at you. It's got a little bit of a little bit of cherry, a little bit of fruit. Not much the rye spice, but it's got a little bit of a finish. It's like a little bit of a Kentucky hug down my trachea. It's giving me some warmth on the end, which is nice. Got some nice legs on the glass. I'm getting the tannins on the end now. I didn't get it at first. Second drink, I'm getting it. It's nice, though. It's a solid pick. That'd be a buy, man. Backbones, as long as they're not the 10-year version, they can tend to get a little expensive. But the eight and nines, man, those are really solid picks. If you can find a good barrel, it's a good price. All right, we're going to close it out with the Prideful Goat from someone say whiskey. Did I say it right? Someone say whiskey? Because a question mark on the end. Just clean my glass out. So this is... 15-year-old, 78.5% corn, 13% rye, and 8.5% barley. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. So it's a source from someplace in Kentucky. Char level 3.5. 115 proof. 87. This is bottle 187, so that's a lot of bottles for a 15-year-old. <sighs> Doesn't say where it's sourced from. Let's see if this is... I'm going to read the... And the steep hills of the rockiest of mountains, a prideful goat stands tall. Whether on a brave solo trip or a social venture... With a herd, goats can take on a new terrain, or not. Look, we admire a goat's craving to explore and all, but more more importantly, that it doesn't take itself too seriously. This 15-year-old Kentucky bourbon whiskey is meant to be enjoyed. Anywhere with anyone or whatever your inner goat desires. And it casts strength. You're getting this bourbon straight from the barrel, handpicked with some help from the herd. So sit back and don't or don't and enjoy our little project. Stand tall, stand prideful. <laughs> That was my uh, my movie voice. Good, bad, indifferent. Now, the color on this is almost... That's weird. It almost looks like a cherry whiskey. It's so red. And not even like an amber, really. I mean, it's got amber tones to it, but it's so red.
Nose is like a KC. Like a hint of peanuts. Not a ton of heat for 115 proof, right? 115. Yeah. Very reminiscent of a a Knob Creek. Hmm. You know, I had somebody tell me they had to let it open up. They were told he had to let it open up. He said he didn't like it on the first drink. I think this is actually pretty good. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the price is good for it for a 15-year-old. It wasn't expensive. I think it was like 100 bucks. Not the best whiskey I've ever had, but... That's a solid. I'm not happy. I'm happy with this purchase. <clears throat> Give you some notes on the palate. Get some nice sweetness. Fruit sweetness, really. Not really cherries. <clears throat> Or bananas. It's sort of like a, I don't know, a blueberry, like not a blueberry flavor, but like that light sweetness. That's not overpowering to a certain extent, or like a strawberry like sweetness. I don't know. Tough to explain. But there's not any really <clears throat> overwhelming barrel influence for a 15 year old. I wouldn't say it's tannic at all. Not a ton of Kentucky hug, but there's a little bit there. Hmm. Pleasantly surprised after the uh, initial response I got from my friend. I'd put that. That's a buy, man, for that price. Good pick, guys. All right. Well, I'm going to cut this off right at 20 minutes. So uh, until next time, enjoy your pours and enjoy your family.